Uh, we saw, he spoke about the concept that a person sees something and because he understands what to connect it to in his mind, then he calls the object you see uh, by the, the understanding he has of what it's meant to be. So, so he sees a person, he knows this person is the king, so he can see him in vastly different uniform or in different stages of his life, and he knows that. He makes a connection in his mind, and he knows how to address the person. And therefore, it's the same thing when we see something a Kaddish Baruch is doing. So that's enough for us to connect that what we're seeing is a manifestation of Hashem. And therefore, that, that's the case. We don't need more than that. We don't need to see Hashem, so to speak. It's not a possible thing. It's not a physical thing. But we can connect what we're seeing to knowing that there's Hashem here. So that's where we are holding by last time. He continues in this parenthesis page 34, by and therefore he says, O Kasheraya Hanovi. And same thing when a Novi, when a prophet sees the eye and his terrace, with the eye which sees hidden things. That was not something physical, but he's trying to vision. And he says, Hatsurah is the most perfect form. In the form of a person who's sitting on the throne or sitting in judgment. And he's Mahakem Malchin Mahadeh, he's either appointing kings or removing kings. The words of reference to Apostle Daniel, where he says those three words. So then, yeah, he's not seeing Hashem. He's seeing a form of, so to speak, a judge or a king. He understands the references to Hashem. Which we said, as the Rabbi explains, why there's no stereo, there's no contradiction between No person can see Hashem. And on the other hand, Yeshaya Hanavi says, Jesus Hashem, Yeshua Kisiramanisa, I saw Hashem sitting on his throne. And the answer is one can't see Hashem in the terms of to visualize Hashem. But Hashem can be shown to be a king sitting on a throne, in which case one's comparing the vision of a king who might be a person sitting on a throne, but that he understands is a comparison to Hashem. Therefore he is not seeing it, but he's seeing something which represents it. And therefore, Similarly, if a person sees the tools, either to carry someone who's holding kalim, or a person who's hagur, he's got a belt to work, work tools, so, he means he's being shown someone who's working. So he gets shown by the tools that he will carry. And therefore he's saying, it's not that a person can see Hashem, but rather a person can see something which he understands in his mind, it depicts Hashem. So why is that the tzur of a person? And Hashem is not physical, so that's okay. Hashem can, take, can be depicted by anything. Why that for the tzur of a person? Why the, uh, Hashem is compared to the, 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 so to speak, the form of a man. Why? So he says two things. And that is, out of all, if you're talking about not the physical part of a person, the fact that a person has understanding, the fact that a person yeah. can think and see and appreciate things, so So then, of course, the thing which we can compare, Kaddish Baruch, is the ultimate intelligence to, for the supreme knowledge, is to the, the, the next best option we have of something which understands or can think is a person. A person's mind is the most choshev 
of all the things we can visualize. It's something which includes everything in the world more than anything else. And therefore, we don't have a better marshal, at least in the, for sure in the times of Kazari, to intelligence, to understanding, to decision-making than a person. And therefore, if you're going to use something as a reference to Hashem, you're going to use the person. And not only that, not only that regards the person's intelligence, but the same thing, when you're going to think about uh, something which we can refer to Hashem to in this term of Midas, or something which we see is, a, is something which we attribute to Midas to Hashem. That he's alive, he's able to do everything. He knows everything. Hashem decides what he wants. He organizes everything. We say he portions to every living thing what it needs. And he's a judge who judges fairly. So what else in the Bria are we going to compare to Hashem that has all his attributes? A person who, something in the Bria which you can compare to Hashem that is also able to do things, can choose things, can decide, can organize, can plan, can, can weigh up things and judge them. The only other thing which we can compare to Hashem in any way as being able to do that is a human being. Nefesham Daberis, which means the Nesham of a person, Vodam Hashalim. And that's the person. And again, not as the body of a person. If we talk about the body of a person, so any attribute a person's body has, animals are better. If you're talking about human vision, animals, birds can see better. If you're talking about a human sense of smell, most animals can smell better. If you're talking about human strength, a lot of animals are stronger than a person. Uh, stamina, speed, anything like that, where animals surpass a person in every single way. But we're not trying to compare the human body as being the most perfect or the most strong, most powerful thing in the brain. When we're talking about the person, we're talking about the nefesh of the person. And if you're talking about something to compare Hashem to, so we're not going to compare him to something which has no, is only a physical body. We're going to compare Hashem to something which has qualities which we see in Hashem, which we can find a comparison to. And that's the person. Now none of this is a Chiddush. None of this is a Chiddush because on the one hand, on the one hand, uh, what we've seen so far is that from the beginning of the Kuzari, that HaKadosh Baruch creates the person to be on the spiritual level the entity which is the most, the most dominating and the most similar to Hashem. Just like we say from Hashem's point of view, when he creates a person that's with Sarah Melakim, which again doesn't mean a physical similarity, it means a similarity of the spiritual nature of a person. So of course, and if we want to refer backwards, so we're going to use the same medium. If we're going to refer to the thing most close to Hashem, again, it's a human being. Hashem created the person to be the most similar to him. When we're trying to describe Hashem in some way, we're going to use the best simile we can give, the best metaphor that there is, and it's also going to be the human being. But one might wonder, and that is, being as the human being is meant to be the entity, the most similar to Hashem. And that's why he's also created with uh, intelligence and ability to decide and Bechira and uh, all the various things we spoke about. So why didn't Hashem create the human being also in the most perfect of physical? Why didn't Hashem create the person's body also to be the most perfect, the most strong, the most, uh, with the best 
abilities to see or to hear or whatever else it may be. What was the point of creating a person in a stance less perfect, less complete, less able than most other breeders in the world? And it's only in the realm of his mind where he has an advantage over them. Are we meant to be outstanding runners or outstanding uh, weightlifters? Well, that's the question. If, if there's a certain shlemus in that, a person has more ability, so then why not give the maximum ability in every area to a person? Good question. Well, we say that uh, the animals smell better, have better sense of smell for fat. No, so it's, it's definitely true that Sakhalish Baruch gives everything the abilities it needs for its own survival. And therefore, if a person has his cycle to rely on, he doesn't have to rely just on his speed or his brute strength. Uh, and therefore, he actually doesn't need to give him those abilities. That's for sure true. In other words, the person isn't lacking in his ability to survive. He isn't uh, created in a way which isn't optimal for his survival because he doesn't have the best senses in every regard. He doesn't need them. But nevertheless, we could still ask the question, and that is, it's true, it doesn't need them, but what would be the problem if you had them? Or would it be a detrimental thing? Mm-hmm. And uh, the answer to that is, it's exactly the point. And that is, that Hashem wants the person to understand that his prominence isn't because of his physical strength. Otherwise, a person would think that what makes me special is I'm the fastest, strongest, most able to do things of any brain in the world. And therefore, a person would pride himself on his uniqueness in the fact that he's more quick, more strong, more able to do things physically. Even though that would, he wouldn't be able to grade it. I mean, amongst other humans also, we wouldn't be able to be haughty in that sense because you think as a species, as we wouldn't species, have that feeling? We would have that feeling. We're the strongest animals in us. We're talking about haughtiness or we're talking about misguidedness? We're focused. Maybe we would see our, our, our uniqueness and that's not what we meant to see our uniqueness. The Bible says, and Hashem doesn't want the legs of a person, and the proof is that he doesn't want the legs of a horse. A, per, a horse has stronger legs than a person. And that's, that's what we meant to learn. And that is the, the minor, the prominence of a human being is not because he's the strongest, or because his body is the most, uh, most uh, able to do things than any other animal. Either of it, it makes a person come to the realization that what makes me special as a person is the fact that I've got the non-physical qualities that Hashem is found in a person. And it's true that's what a person needs for his survival. That's also his advantage. No one's going to think he's stronger than a lion, or can run faster than a deer, or can see better than a bird. But a person can compensate for that with his cycle, with his logic, whatever it's going to be. And therefore, if that's, where the, where that's the area where a person is created to be similar to Hashem, so then that's the place where, where Hashem wants him to be unique. And therefore, not just the, those things which a person says to animals, similarly the fact that uh, he has a body, plants also have a physical, uh, a physical form to them. And what would make the mind of a person is the, is the, the non-physical, if you're going to call it, abilities of a person. And we're trying to find something to use as a reference to compare Hashem to. So the only thing we have which has the qualities which we appreciate in Hashem is a person. And it's not just about a person's it's not just about a person's seichel. It's also about a person's midas. It's also about a person's midas. We don't ascribe a quiet good manners to an animal. Uh, in other words, I know Gemara says, Rabbi Yechonon says, we could learn midas from animals, but those are instinctive midas. 
a cat is born with a certain sneeze, an ant is born with a certain work ethic. It's not an acquired middle. It's a middle which is which what what's inherited. Well, and that's nothing for us to we can learn from. It's nothing for us to admire because the ant didn't do anything to become a zaris. Whereas a, a person can acquire good minutes. And therefore, once again, <coughs> if you're talking about a level a person can reach, so then that's also the only thing we can compare a level, so to speak, of greatness of Hashem to our only term of reference, even though it's not anywhere close to Hashem, is a person. A person can become greater. And therefore, the the Kazari wants to explain is, of course, no one could see Hashem. And all what Unavi means is, when said they saw Hashem, is they saw something which they understood was meant to be something depicting Hashem. And therefore they understood that the vision they were being shown was a vision of was a vision of uh, something which is meant to represent Hashem. No different to the dream of Yosef. When he saw 11 stars bowing down to him, the stars never bowed down to Yosef. But he understood the stars depict his brothers. And therefore what he's being shown, he could say in the dream, I saw my brothers bowing down to me. He didn't see your brothers, he saw stars. But he understood the stars are a reference to his brothers. And therefore, he, he could say that I saw in the vision of the Vodim, my brothers will bow down to me. In other words, he had now to interpret what he saw in Pyrrhus' dream. He saw seven cows, and he was told that means seven years. So to say Pyrrhus saw seven years of plenty, yes. How did he see seven years? He saw seven cows. But he understood that this is all he was told by Yosef, that the one represents the other, and therefore, he could say this is what I saw. What represents Rachum, Achai, Yachol, Yidea, Chafit? A person. A person represents a person. those things? Because a person can do those things. You can also murder, steal... Of course. We're talking about the Shalim Shalitzeres. We're talking about the, the perfect person. Not the bad so person. So they saw of, of an, an image the of... The most of... Right. Of a type. Of whatever it's going to be. And this also answers the other question. We already said in the Ikrim, the third Ik of the Rambam, which is one of the Ikrim, one, the Shalim doesn't have a form. The Ravid famously asks on that, and how can it be that so many Pesukim the Baruch in physical terms. And therefore, it says it's hard to say that if the Psukim describe Hashem in a certain way, if a person thinks that's what Hashem looks like, says that he's, he's been kaifer, he's not denying him. But the answer is that it's not what Hashem looks like, Hashem doesn't have a form. But it's depicting Akadish Baruch in terms of something which we understand as a reference to. And therefore, if a person is used to depict Hashem, it's not that Hashem looks like a person. It's just the best thing we can give as a reference so the person understands what I'm being shown is being told that <coughs> this is what Hashem is going to do. But even that is not such a good depiction because seven years we know what time is. So we can it's say the cows are... 100%. Yeah. It's not a good depiction. It's the best we can do. Right. The thing most will do justice to... It's the thing most similar. That's what he said. It's not even close, but it's the thing most similar that we can understand. Right. Now the next point is says, this isn't just the philosophers, the Baran Mashallah said this as well. And that is, a person is like a small world. The world you compare to like a big person. In other words, there's a reference between the person and the world. And now it's an amazing thing. This is really a Chazal, but you're going to see the Kuzari takes it literally. And that is, the Chazal say that the relationship of Hashem to the world. It's a Gemara Brachos and Tafiyot is similar to the relationship of a person's neshama to the person's body. And therefore the Gemara says that just like the relationship of Hashem to the world is similar to the relationship of the neshama to the body. And therefore the Gemara says just like the neshama sustains the body and the neshama can see through the body and the neshama is mechaya the body 
and the neshama and neshama is tar, even though it's in the body. Similarly, Hakadosh Baruch Hu sustains the world, and Hakadosh Baruch Hu acts in the world, and Hakadosh Baruch Hu gives life to the world. And even if Hashem is involved in the world, he still remains tar. He doesn't get uh, tarnished by what the world is wrong. But so we understand that in terms of a marshal. But the Chazal must take more literally. It says in Madavar Kain, "Ha'alekim hu'ruach ha'olam benafshay v'sichle v'sichuchiyosay." Then Hashem is the knife in the world, and the knifeish of the world, and the seichel of the world. Because Hashem is the life of the world, which means in everything which has life is a koyach of life from Hashem. And that's the case by inspire Hadim and Adarech Seichel. And that is that we, we, being as our reference of Hashem to the world, the same as Neshama to the body, then if you're going to be shown the koyach, let's have a person who has Neshama inside of him, that's going to be the reference, that's going to be, so to speak, the, the the, the term we can use to understand the comparative, and that is how Hashem relates to the world. That's understanding. It's definitely in the book. Remember, until now we're talking about the person, the seeing a physical side of a person, and understanding that it's meant to represent Hashem. He says, for sure, if in the world a person could see things on a higher level, and therefore, then for sure, then a person seeing what a person can see in the through the eyes of the world, so then he understands more the comparison of, let's say, the spiritual side of a person as being used as a metaphor for Hashem. And he says, that's that's a phrase of Sobarzina. Which means being able to see the world, here's a gohomon, the multitudes of pleasure also. And they saw the everything in the Shemaim, so to speak, all the spiritual Malachim, as depicted as if they were also people. And and that's why when Hashem says, we'll make a person in the rabbi, it means that also there, there's a comparison between the malach and the person. If a person is made similar to malachim, there's a comparison between them. Again, malachim also have ability to understand and to think and to do and to choose and whatever it might be. And therefore, when Klai Yisrael, in the eyes of Nebuah, so to speak, saw the, the Tzvah Shemayim, saw the armies of Shemayim and the malachim, so they saw them also as compared to themselves, in the sense that they have the same abilities as people. Why couldn't there's no form to Malachim? So we always describe the as having a form. But it's not, a, not physical in terms of form in this world. It's like a, a mist? It's, uh, like a, it's hard to describe. It's a non-physical. It's a non-physical form. It's a non-physical form. Mist is a physical form. Right. Just, and I'll tell you something more than that. Uh, uh, people think, and maybe it's... Uh, I don't know exactly how to describe what people think. People think the Shama is like this some like a morphous blood, like a little like whatever it is. That's not true. The Nishama is the same tour as a person's body. It has the same tour of a body, but not a physical body. And therefore the, in, within the Nishama there's also the form of a, of a person, but not something physical. It's not something you can see with physical eyes. But it doesn't it's not like a, just a, a mass of matter. It has its tour of a person. Just like the Malach does. Maybe 
already explained, this is what to explain how you go step by step, uh, how Hashem created the world. Starting from the first step, which is the Yosaitis, the, the base elements of the world, to, to the inanimate matter of the world, the rocks, the sea, whatever it might be, to plants, to living things, whether it's living things in the ground, or first we have the living things in the air, which are the birds in the, in the mine, in the water, which is the fish, which is living things um, on land, which are animals, and then it could be things which also have ability to feel, to understand, and, and remember and think, which are people. And then after that, the next step up would be an angel, a non-physical thing. Which means, and therefore the next step up would be something similar to a person, but in a spiritual sense. And therefore it's similar to Hashem, not that it's nearer to Hashem, it's not Hashem doesn't have a place. But it's more dominant to Hashem, that it's less physical than a person. But it's just the next step up in the same scale. In fact, in the Pasuk in Eov, the Pasuk says, when Eov is talking about Hashem created him, he says, Ar Basha Talbishani, Magidim Adzamasasechacheni. Both the skin and the, my skin and my, my flesh to cover me, and my body's muscle is to, to protect me. Which means the, the, the form of a person's body is really the wrapping around the form of his neshama. Like we said before, the tzura of the neshama already has arms and legs and the tzura of a person. The skin is built around that, so to speak, as a wrapping around the ruchni part of a person. Which is why in Kabbalah, they always refer different kayaks to different parts of the body. The one arm is chesed, the other arm is gvura. It's not talking about the physical arm. It's talking about the spiritual kayak. But the spiritual kayak also has that, so to speak, outline. And now it's wrapped by a person in this world. It's wrapped in the physical body. Now. And that gives the kayak to all of our limbs to yeah, be sure. able to... Sure. And the Gemara says the Misham is the mana is kalagov. It fills the whole body. In each part? Yeah. I mean, like... In the, the non-physical neshama like gets like goes into the person I mean, like here's the legs it, like this like it goes into the person yeah, the, it's like the body is like the clothing and the neshama so just like when you were putting your jacket your, your arms fit into the sides of the jacket it's like built to measure the person so suddenly the body is around the neshama um, now the kazari says before right at the beginning if we remind ourselves right at the very, very beginning of the Sefer. So when the Ghazari started talking to the king, he says, we know that there's different levels of creation in the world. There's inanimate matter, we call Domem. There's plants, we call Tzemeach. There's animals, we call Chai. There's a person, we call Medabir. And the king agreed with him. And the, the king agreed with him. And then the Ghazari says, and you should know there's a fifth level also. What's the fifth level? He says, Ka Yisra. So the king says, in simple words, you're being a racist. Why do you think some people are better than others? He said, you already, I already thought you were saying something logical, and I changed my mind about you. Because you say something, what, what, what makes you better? And the Kazari's answer really is, the point he says here again, and that is, you must understand that when we talk about the advantage of a person over an animal, it's not just his physical advantage over an animal. That would just register him as a different kind of animal. It's the spiritual advantages of an animal. And if that's the case, if you've now gone up to levels of the advantage of a high spiritual thing, you will, you'll agree yourself, because already says that a malach is higher than a person. That's another why. Because it's in a more spiritual level. It says the Kazari, if I can then show you that Ta'i Yisrael are in a different place on the spiritual purpose than other people, 
you'll have to admit it's a different kind of a bread. And the king can't argue with that. But it's coming from the same side as here. And that is, but it might be that in the first few steps, the difference between a plant and an animal is an increased physical ability. But from the animal to the person, we don't find such a different physical creation. They're very similar. An animal and a plant are worlds apart. The one who grows succeeds from the ground, the one has a heart, it has a circulation, and it eats and it breathes. The other one maybe takes an oxygen but doesn't breathe, and I can't see, and I can't talk and make sound. And animals and plants are a world apart. So it's a different kind of brain. But animals and people aren't so different. All the body systems in the animal are representative of the person too. They have the same senses, and they have the same concept of blood and circulation, and they have the same digestion, and they have the same system of how the body works. So why is a person a vastly different breed to an animal? Physically, he's not that different. And the answer is, because now we're talking about differences in a spiritual level. And that is, we're talking about the abilities of a person compared to an animal, they don't come close. And the person's intellectual and mental, phys- uh, emotional, psychological, it's a completely different world to an animal. So why, does it have to, why do you have to take the spiritual route? Why, why not just the mental, emotional... So now we're talking about a different kind of prayer on a mental, spiritual, physical, I mean, non-physical level. And if you really got into different categories of prayer, because now there are differences on the non-physical plane, so then you can talk about, if there would be a category above that, which again, have completely different abilities on a non-physical level, you're going to call that a different category. Right. So that's, uh, that's what we build here as well. And it comes out at the same point. And then he says, in that sense, a person is most similar to a man. A person is most similar to a man. Because even the difference between them is that a person has a body, and a man doesn't. But as far as their abilities go, on a non-physical level, they're very similar. So if the person has a Bechira. Malachim have Bechira too. But being as Malachim don't have a Yetzir Hara, there's no reason for them to choose the wrong option. Okay, interesting. It's like after Mashiach. Right. So that's the that's just what tonight. The the Kiddush of how he explains that the, the concept of a person, especially as compared to Hashem, or being used as to represent Hashem isn't a physical person. It's more what the person what you can see in the person, the elements which are about the physical by him, and that's something which nothing else can represent us. In the physic, in this world that we know of, it's not for a person. And if we're talking about Hakadosh Baruch in that capacity, we have to relate to the, that the example of a person. Because there's nothing else to refer to, which we can see as something which has those non-physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual qualities.